Welcome to What Have We Learned? Incidental learnings from interesting people. I'm Ben Punter. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Ben Punter. And you can find us on our Facebook page, What Have We Learned? So do come say hello. Uh, we're back for season two. New episodes for 2020 and new interviews on the way for March and April. And we start straight away with Chris Stark, who you may know from Radio 1 on the Scott Mill Show in the afternoons. You may know him from Innuendo Bingo, from Five Live on Saturday mornings, and from that Peter Crouch podcast. Podcast. Now, this episode was recorded in BBC Broadcasting House, so it was a pretty cool afternoon. Um, and this episode comes with a warning. I'm afraid me and Chris really do go all over the place. We talk about Radio Northwick Park and Radio Harrow, which Chris was a member of around 2002, 2003, and it's a station I'm now involved in as well. And we talk about it a lot, but we don't fully explain it. So, it's a hospital and community radio station in Harrow in northwest London. Go to radioharrow.org for a couple of minutes and then come back. It'll all make sense if you have a look there. I was considering making a Radio Harrow version and then a What Have We Learned version, but there's so many overlapping subjects and it is such a great little interview that it's so much to untangle. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to stick it all in and hope it's useful to somebody at some point, somewhere no matter where you're listening from. Your key warning is around about 20 minutes in, me and Chris talk for about three or four minutes, and we get very specific about Radio Harrow, the station, its people, past and present, and there's a lot of in-references which may be lost on many people. But go along with it. Five minutes later, we'll be back talking about other radio bits and pieces. And Chris is very passionate about what he does and he loves radio a lot and we talk about the industry the media and how to get into the industry as well and we mentioned david reese who was the guest on an episode in the first season as well during the radiohead season so t's and c's done this is what have we learned with chris stark chris stark hello hello how are you yeah, really good. We've been wanting to do this for a while, haven't we? You are a difficult man to pin down. No, don't say it like that, because then it, <laughs> it starts entering diva territory. No, but to be, to be fair, you are you have a legitimate reason. I mean, Radio 1, 5 Live, podcasting, That's and also, as you just told me, you're selling a house as well. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah it does feel like there's a lot on. But then I think you. It, the funniest thing with this is the whole time I've wanted to get into Radio 1 or into this building that we're now in, you know, this BBC building, I do feel that even now you don't ever feel like you're doing enough. Mm. You feel, you never really feel like you're there, if that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah when you put it like that, I, I do feel like I do have a lot of jobs at the moment. Um, but you, but they never feel like enough. You always feel like you, you've got to try and step it up mm. you should be doing more there's no like one person on, on the front door that when you walk in it says to you come in son you've made it it's yeah like you, don't, you have to kind of just make it for yourself and kind of keep going in some ways yeah and i'm hesitant to ever use that phrase made it because yeah. it is i mean obviously that's a tad it would be a tad egotistical and and to be honest with you i feel lucky to be here and i i never i've never really settled into the idea that i should be here mm. um and and the one thing I've noticed about everyone that I work with is in in the main, the the good ones or the nice ones or the people that I sort of respect here, all feel the same. They sort mm. of always question themselves and always want to try and and work on the ne- the next thing or be or be going up another level. Yeah, whatever that is. But but yeah, it's it is an odd one when you put it like that and you hear all the stuff that uh, you're doing. I'm, I'm quite aware that when I was at Radio Northwick Park, it was everything that I wanted to do. 
So what we'll, do is we'll start. I've got so many questions. We've got a short amount of time. Uh, my flatmate says, by the way, the Samrat and Ealing is now on Deliveroo. <laughs> uh, he goes, what, 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 she got, yeah. <laughs> she says, what do you recommend? That's good news. Um, okay, so yeah, the Samrat Curry House is a curry house that I didn't know much about until I started doing the Peter Crouch podcast, yep. which I would say out of all the things I'm doing right now is the one that seems to be getting quite a lot of attention mm-hmm. and i think it's because it's it's relatively new so it's it's grown from something which was just an idea into a, a podcast offering that i think is a lot of people are enjoying being part of it's silly and it's fun yeah. and one of the things we did of course was visit the samrat curry house in elin which is peter crouch's favorite <laughs> curry house yeah and i had a lovely evening i had a lot to drink yeah and I met Mr. Islam, who owns it. Okay. But yeah, I love that the Samra, I get loads of tweets and Instagram <laughs> messages from people who go and visit it as a kind of homage to the um, to the podcast. That Peter Crouch podcast, it's released on Wednesday, which is today, at the day, time of recording. Currently, as I look on Apple, it's currently number one. Yeah. Uh, ahead of um, Desert Island Discs. Yes, it's mad. Every time we release a new episode of this, it seems to go to number one. And... Um, uh, but but I would say this I'm never I'm never really sure what that actually means because I think you can have a very good podcast that maybe finished six months ago mm. and then you pick it up and it's I, I don't think it's like a sign of how currently it is doing I know that's a weird thing to say I just think with a podcast if I'd heard it a year ago mm. and it wasn't necessarily in the charts I think you can enjoy it just as much yeah. so I guess what I'm trying to say if you're listening to this right now <laughs> and you want to hear the podcast definitely give it a go uh, it might not be number one by the time you hear it I'd hope it would be um, but it's well worth a listen so how did that come how did that actually come about so Five Live uh, a, a, a producer there um, got in touch with me because they wanted to make a podcast. They wanted to do a pilot for a podcast. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a sort of, um, in case you don't know what a pilot is, it's it's like recording a fake show um, that probably won't go out. But the idea is to kind of hear how it could sound. And Peter Crouch had a book out, and he wanted to publicise that by doing. It was only going to be six episodes of a podcast. Yeah. And it was mainly to sell a few more books. But I got involved and got asked to be involved in it as the producer who wanted me to be involved, just wanted a slightly different angle on the podcast because there was a lot of Five Live podcasts that were brilliant, but they were very formulaic and very kind of the same type. Yeah, almost quite serious as well, I suppose. Yeah, I do think that as well. I think they were slightly scared of making something that was a bit entertaining as well. Yeah. Um, So they got me involved and I said what I would do with it and uh, and they liked my ideas and we made it happen and the first episode we did we did in a hotel in, in Stoke and Crouchy was playing for Stoke and we did that first episode and it just felt really exciting and it felt good and it felt funny and I look back and it was probably you know it probably wasn't even that great an episode but at the time it really did feel quite special that there was me and Crouchy and the BBC's chief sports writer it was a good mix of people to get involved in it and it ultimately has become a, an amazing project to be part of and I think the, one of the biggest podcasts on the BBC now um, which is nuts because mm. we just sit in a pub and have a couple of drinks yeah and you, all the work and effort you put into other shows and programmes yet this idea of just kind of chilling back with friends people sort of latch on to and it works people love it I think because it's authentic mm. I think people just 
I think people listen to it and it's a bit like being with three mates in the pub yeah. and, you're, and you're involved in the chat and that's yeah. the incredible thing about podcasts and yeah I'm just I'm really pleased to be part of it it's good fun uh, we have lots of good ideas with it we did a live show which was one of the best nights of my life and the funny thing is I, I go and DJ quite a few nightclubs and things like that um, and it's funny because people come up and don't just talk to you about Radio 1 anymore they talk to you about the Crouchy podcast yeah. and it's mad to see how podcasts have got so big yeah because it's odd right how long have we been doing radio and essentially podcast is that yeah and what, what, the, the thing I'm surprised by the biggest change in podcasting has been it's now like a series not a, a continuation continual thing it used to be about 10 years ago you did it it was a weekly thing you did you did it if you didn't do it every week you were on the back on the back foot now it's oh you can do I don't know 20 episodes and that's all you need to do I think it's different I think people consume this sort of stuff in a different way it's a bit like Netflix you know people are happy to kind of log on and be able to download a series and be able to consume it on the train or the plane or in a hospital or whatever um, and I'm really pleased about it because for me I'm a big big radio fan first mm. and foremost and I believe in personality radio and I believe in good presenters who really speak to you and are honest and a real voice and I think that's what podcasts are really kind of promoting and I think people have a real thirst for that at the moment which is great and also a great thing for radio mm. so Rosie asks um, how did you get from Radio Harrow to Radio 1 oh my gosh <laughs> nothing changed shall I tell you what it was I when I did Radio Harrow which was Radio Northwick Park when I was there. I was so proud to be on that station. Mm -hmm. I, I've never felt as nervous as going in and doing my first voice test. So that you, <laughs> you had to go and collect requests for the first few months. And um, to kind of prove that you wanted to be part of the station for the right reasons, because it was in a hospital and you, you, know, you were serving the audience that were there. And at the time, watching TV... Or even listening to radio, I think, cost money. You had to pay quite a lot of money to be able to do it. And Radio Northwick Park was a free radio for, for patients there. And, and it was great. I got to meet so many people. But when I, when I took on that show, I say took on that show, when I got on to, the, to Radio Northwick Park, I took it so seriously. I loved my music. I'd bring it all along. I'd plan the show. I did... I tried to make this local show so, so I would talk about l stuff that was happening locally. I tried to really talk to patients with it and I was so proud and I learned so much from it so that when I went to university and I got involved in student radio, I felt I'd had three, like three years of be being on hospital radio and then student radio was very, very similar mm. except student radio suddenly had all these links with Radio 1 and the BBC and s suddenly I saw this little path yeah. emerging mm -hmm. but I found that I couldn't get down this path. I, I just found that whatever I tried, I couldn't get on Radio 1 but I did so much work experience. I, I just I genuinely knocked on every door I just stuck with it and somehow it did go from Radio Harrow, Radio Northwick Park to an opportunity at Radio 1 and when I got in through the door I just made sure I didn't leave and, and I know this all sounds very simplistic but it was a very simple idea. I, I remember being at Radio Harrow or Radio Northwick Park as it was then and I got my own pictures made, you yeah, know yeah. like DJ cards. Yep. <laughs> And I remember seeing that on the wall as you walked down the corridor of this hospital. It had all the DJ cards that were on the wall. 
and you could hear the radio station. I just thought it was the coolest thing. I thought, this is exactly what I want to do. I didn't really know how I was going to do it, but I, I just, I did just stick with it. And everyone has ideas. I, I just think there's very few people that go and work out how you can execute these ideas. Yes. And I'm so glad I did because I am at Radio 1 now, but it doesn't feel any different to to Radio Harrow or Radio Northwick Park in so many ways other than I'll go and do a gig in Scotland or DJ there and, and people seem to listen whereas they didn't really listen to me in Dundee when I was on Radio Northwood Park You for a long long time you and Scott were on in the afternoons yes and then you were moved to drive time now obviously breakfast and drive time are the kind of the peaks of radio generally was there a kind of a, a little bit of a fear at all of being moved to an earlier time slot or yeah so so what happened is Scott was doing the drive time show and I, I just started doing little bits on his show on Radio 1 and then I started to do more and more and then a boss at Radio 1 basically phoned me and it was one of the best moments of my life offered me a, a year contract mm-hmm. and from there on in it's all kind of a lot of stuff's happened and round about the same time Scott got moved to the afternoons and as part of that move I, I went with him and I do think, being honest, at first it, mu- it did feel disappointing. Mm-hmm. However, what it did do was meant that we could take over this afternoon slot. And I do believe we've turned it into... Uh, I, I don't believe there is anything like this on, on UK radio, if not around the world. And I'm very proud of the time slot that we do because I feel like we own, we own it. You do. I mean, it's... <laughs> it's when I... When I the, Industry critics and I don't know, radio experts always say, "Oh, being moved off drive time back into the afternoons, like, well, are we, are we gone within the year?" That's, th- that's what they that's, might say. I, I totally agree, and I think that's co- I do think that's quite an old-fashioned way of looking yes. at it. I, I I think you've got to be realistic. A, a radio one breakfast show has the biggest audience; it's yeah. the biggest show in the world, mm. um, and that's cool. Drive time, I think, is stereotypically the next biggest show however but is that but is that only because people put the radio on when they're going home they're not necessarily always oh well I'll stick radio on because it's that's that's the time I'm going to listen yeah I think it's I think it is part of routine but I would say this I think the, the notion of you there's so many other radio stations now you can listen to you can listen to podcasts you can listen to streaming services and stuff like that I think you're not I think this idea of routine around radio is slightly different because I think people can genuinely choose what type of radio they want to listen to and and have so much choice. So Radio 1 Breakfast Show is the biggest show in the world. Yeah, technically Drive Time Show is is the next biggest one. But I don't think that idea would hurt as much anymore because I actually think, apart from the Breakfast Show, I do think all other radio shows are up for grabs at any time mm-hmm. uh, I, but just because I think people listen to radio differently now it's kind of appointment radio it's yeah. sort of it's like it's you need to listen to it otherwise you miss out yeah I just think you've got to be very present everywhere I think you've got to be present in um, uh, on people's social feeds you, you know we, we're not just a radio station anymore we do a lot more than that and you've got to, you've also got to have a purpose I think that's the key with any radio or podcast the reason people choose to spend their time with you is is it, it, it is a purpose or a meaning or something that they can relate to that's the most important thing now now more than ever I would say so uh, Sarika wants to know how do you keep the ideas fresh for the show that is the hardest thing <laughs> um because because we're on pretty much every day 
and when you're not on you're you're always working on stuff towards the show we you just constantly think of ideas so it might be midnight you might be out on a night out and i write ideas on my phone constantly and we've got an email box which everyone involved in the show can just email and that is the biggest the biggest thing for us is content content is king on our show and it's what makes our afternoon show um I think the success that it is is the expectation that you're going to be able to tune in and hear something funny, relevant. Um, but we get through so much content, and that's how you keep the ideas fresh: is is just mining that content and um, and getting as much of it to air as quickly as possible. And the best thing about radio, compared to any TV I do or anything like that, is that with radio you can have an idea in the morning. And like, you know, like today, we could be chatting right now. But this afternoon, I, I could have an idea as we chat. Yeah. I could go up to the guys upstairs right now and we could we could have that on the radio show. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. I love that radio can move quick. The immediacy of it. Yeah. yeah. So you have to move quick and you have to constantly have ideas and you have to constantly write down ideas and you've got to be creative. Yeah. And one of the sort of standout ideas has been Innuendo Bingo. Yeah, Innuendo Bingo has been a huge success on the show. Um, it wasn't my idea. It was an old producer uh, called Emlyn, mm-hmm. who actually is now our producer on Five Live. Um, but he had the idea, and it just started with me having water in my mouth, and I'd hear a funny clip and spit out the water. Yeah. But then it turned into a bit of a battle between me and Becky, who yep. used to work on the show. And then it's just developed into this huge online phenomenon um, where it's actually copied around the world and people um, <laughs> p- people do it on every radio station. It's For me, it's the ultimate radio feature because if you listen, it's funny. Yeah. And if you watch it, it's funny. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, occasionally you have these features that just go huge. Playground insults, going back to going back to Sarika's question, um, how do you keep the ideas fresh? It, and it is this, this constant having to come up with ideas. I was really drunk one night in Reading and I came up with playground insults on that night out and we desperately needed something for Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg who we were interviewing the next day or day after and they'd said no to every idea and I just I I had the idea for playground insults and I knew it needed to look different to just being in the studio and the amazing thing is we made it happen in 24 hours we put that out and that had what like 20 million views since then we've done that feature seven or eight times kept it to just hollywood a-listers yeah yeah. i think it's had over 150 million views it's it's nuts after all the live lounges stuff on the the website i think it's then playground insults and uh sort of the top level in in union and bingo like in union bingo with will ferrell yeah which is like you've had will ferrell spit in your mouth (laughs) and it's one of the most popular videos on radio one on youtube (laughs) But that's what i love about my job this is what i've realized i stand for at the bbc my whole thing is trying to find an angle on this world it's trying it's trying to have fun (laughs) with everything it's trying to explore the same little things that you'd come up with at school except put some resources behind it and um yeah, you know, I did a TV show last year about finishing my sticker album, and that was just a pub idea. You know, it's just it's uh, this is what I want to do more of. I just want to, I, I want, I just want to have fun. I, I want to make fun ideas, and I want to do them to big levels. When we did Crouchfest, when we did that live show, I loved help. I loved being part of putting that together. I loved 
having Catherine Jenkins in to sing the Champions League theme. This is <laughs> this is like everything that I'm about. Yeah. And and that's my I think that is one of the main things that I do offer Radio One is I guess you you just hear me on the radio, but I would say one of the main things I offer is is a lot of ideas, and I'm, I, I love that. That's what drives me with the day to day job. So David Reese wants to know um, how much do you? Th- hey. He says hello, by the way, and <laughs> he wants to know how much do you think about your time at Radio Harrow? Like, how much did it pop up in your? I, I think about it a lot. I, I've been wanting to come back for ages and ages, um, and the the thing is, right, my time at Radio Harrow. And I can't say this enough. It it shapes everything I do at Radio One, and it shaped my love of radio. I loved it. I had the best time. I've the weird thing is over the last few years, I I forget things I've done on Radio One, but I remember every everything I did at Radio Harrow. I remember every little bit of it. I remember there was an amazing night out. David was there, and we we me and Laura Jean Collins used to do a show together. And she's a, a great friend of mine. She lives in Australia now. I hope she hears this. And we won an award for a children's show that we did. We made a children's show. And I like to imagine that that award is still there. And we went to this awards ceremony in Belfast. We had such a good night. And I was so proud to be part of that radio station because it did so much good. It had a real purpose. And this is what I think is missing in a lot of radio out there is is purpose and a meaning and that's what i love about radio one is because i feel it has that and and really the only other time i've really experienced that and also had the kind of freedom and creativity with that meaning was at radio harrow because you could do anything you want within reason and yeah there were some older people there who they, they went two ways they'd either encourage you or there was the odd person that just it was telling you you had to do things a certain way and and it's not true and actually I did manage to find a middle ground with it and obviously respect those people that were in Radio Harrow but the truth is I would encourage anyone that wants to sign up to local radio or community radio to do it and find a real meaning as to why you want to do it and 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 if you want to be a presenter that's no bad thing by the way you don't have to do it just to serve the community you can do it because you want to be a presenter but work out what it is that you want to present because the thing is as well anyone could be a presenter anyone can call themselves a presenter many people do but the truth is like i never call myself a presenter because i've never really felt like one if that makes sense i do miss dave by the way david i still stand by this is one of the most underrated radio presenters in in the UK. I, I looked up to him so much because, although I've just said, don't ever call anyone a presenter, he talked with such confidence. I would be so nervous in the studio and he came in and he owned it. And the thing is with him, he is someone that could very easily have gone on to do a commercial radio and done well in it. Um, but it was people like him that I really looked up to when I was at, at Radio Harrow. We're doing a special show. He'll really like that. Yeah, and the trophy is still in the cabinet. Is it? It's still in the cabinet, yeah. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I just have such a happy memory of that night and that time. And uh, people like Kay, who who I used to do the Wednesday nights with. We had a great team on Wednesday nights who would take requests. And Kay Holland? Yeah. She, still, yeah. She, she went away for a while. She came back. She's still I saw her weirdly at a Watford game not that long ago. But this is what I mean. When I saw her... I probably, she must have thought I was hammered or something, but I really miss <laughs> the guys that we did Wednesday nights with. I just, rem- I'd look forward to it all week. Mm. 
I look forward to being there and being part of it and sourcing the music and producing the show. The thing is with it, I really think you can you can you can treat that level of radio with the respect it deserves and ultimately that's what i i did and i think probably one of the main reasons why i'm so passionate about radio now and therefore committed hard enough to get a job at radio one um or you can be flippant with it and just let it serve you and you can go there and get your show reel and 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 do that and that's fine if that's all you want from it but the reality is you need to really love radio to do well in it yeah. and, and, and to pursue it and you still do it and you mm. do a brilliant job with it and David does a brilliant job with it and I just think and, and I just think if there is if, if there are as many people that were passionate about radio now as there were then uh, when I was there then I've no doubt at all that the radio station is in such a good place occasionally I listen as well that's the oh, nice really? thing now it's on the internet mm. I, I'll occasionally sort of duck into it mm. And I enjoy seeing, you know, some of the visual stuff that occasionally goes up as well. I keep an eye on it, and I would like to get involved, but I, I never get invited back anymore. David Reese told me a long time ago, he described radio and Radio Howard. It's a bit like um, uh, getting a, a jab for an infection of some kind. That you're, you're never fully, fully cured, but you've always got, the, got that kind of jab in you. I, I've, I have no doubt at all that at some point I'll be, I will be back doing a show on, on Radio Harrow <laughs> if they'll let me d- pass the voice test, you know. <laughs> well, it's, we sometimes still do voice, voice tests. Yeah, it's no bad like, thing. We don't need to do this. It's fine. You sound fine. Go ahead. It's no um, bad thing. I just really want people to feel confident with it and, and take it on. And, and maybe you don't want to be a presenter. Go be a producer. Go and produce a radio show yeah. and let that be your buzz. That's, that's, I, I think more and more radio, there are less jobs. That's the reality of it. There are less jobs, but I've heard this my whole career. So as much as I do think that's the case, I also think you will find a way to to get into it if you want. So where do you think you see yourself in maybe five years? I don't know, because five years ago I was convinced that I wouldn't still be on Radio 1. Mm. And and actually new opportunities arise, and um, I will be in radio, I hope, my whole life now. And I I love it. And... um, you know whether that whether that's Radio One or um, you know another BBC station. I, I I don't know. I the truth is this this the nature of this job as well is you you don't get that security. Mm. You don't get that right now. This is everything, and I love it. Yeah. Five years ago, I was convinced I I would only be on another year, and and you constantly panic about losing your job. So at some point, you've just got to let yourself stop stressing yeah. and go. Look, you're the kind of person that will make things happen. Um. And that's what I need to do. And so, Srika, the follow-up question: What you would do? What will you do if Watford get relegated? That's a that's arguably one of the biggest stresses in my life right now. <laughs> I'm a huge Watford football club fan. In fact, back when I used to do Radio Harrow, I, I used to try and source prizes from the football club. Do you know my first ever interview mm-hmm. was with Ray Lewington when he was manager there, okay. and uh, we played it on my radio show on Radio Harrow and I bunked school to go and do it (laughs) (laughs) that's what I mean I just had this real drive with it all I remember going and sourcing prizes for my Radio Harrow radio show there used to be a camera factory in Harrow big Mm, Kodak one one, and I wrote to them and they sent me I'm saying like three sacks of cameras digital cameras disposable cameras they were they had more meaning then like obviously this was just before you know everyone had a camera on their phone and such 
But it was great. I used to hand these out as prizes. I'm, I th- I'm sure it was David who had to store them in this cupboard <laughs> sort of near the studio. Um, if Watford get relegated, I'm going to be obviously very upset about that situation. Mm. I really, I, I'm not just saying that. I really don't believe we should be getting relegated. Our squad is brilliant. The owners are brilliant. Um, you know, I've become good friends with 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 the chairman of Watford now, and and it's the same discussion I, I keep having with him, which is. You know, we're too... I hate the phrase too good to go down, actually, because that's not true, because three teams ultimately do. But I'm so surprised it just hasn't clicked with the team that we've got. But you know what? There's still quite a bit of the season left, and the bottom of the Premier League is so tight. And that's the nature of competition, isn't it? It's, (laughs) you know, it's exciting. But obviously, as a Watford fan, I'd love us to stay up. But thank you so much for talking to me today. And I'm really pleased you like looking around Radio 1 because, as you can see, and I'm sure you can tell people listening, radio is so simple, isn't it? It's not really Radio 1 isn't much different. There's just more people in press departments or production and and all of that. But actually, the studio itself, it's not... It's not massively dissimilar, is it? No, it, not at all. It's, it just can't, it's just a room full of a lot of technology, but I think it's just so iconic. It's just a, an iconic space that you've seen everywhere and you've heard about everywhere, and you know what's happened in these rooms and in, in these walls. And it just, it just, it's magical, is what it yeah. is. It's a magical space. But, but it's also a level up. Like you, you were in the studio earlier where we do our radio show, and and, and then end of the day, it's. Um, you know, we're in there. It's totally quiet. It's end of the day. Radio is a simple thing where you bring to it what you want. Yeah. And actually, you could be producing a bit of content. And yeah, okay, maybe we have more eyes on our content, so it becomes bigger quicker. But with the right ideas, you could do it on Radio Harrow the same way we could do it on Radio One, yeah. and actually, it still kick off. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's always something to bear in mind. I think with with anyone listening to this who's at Radio Harrow right now is really you go and produce the right kind of content. It, it, you have the same platforms you have youtube you have you have everywhere that we put our stuff out on um and i'd encourage you to kind of maximize that um so finally what have you learned the main thing i've learned is that you can be yourself and and that's absolutely cool to be and even on a platform like radio one or five live or even just being at the bbc i am a very average lad from pinner support watford football club um you know, I'm not the glossy presenter. I'm not a Vernon Kay. I'm not a. I'm not even a Greg James. Uh, but I kind of stand for for, for my characteristics. The and actually, man. yeah, maybe yeah. the everyman kind of thing. And actually, you've got to embrace that at some point and just go. This is what this is what I represent. It's a good thing. And every one of us, you know, represents something different. So that's the biggest thing I've learned. You don't need to pretend to be a presenter. You don't need to be someone else to kind of get to where you want to be. This all sounds very deep, but bear with me. So I think when I was at Radio Northwood Park, I was doing a show that I felt um, I, I felt I was in radio. I was doing radio. It was really exciting. But then somewhere along the line, I started thinking, I'm never going to get on Radio One. Uh, I'm not the right type of person from the B- for the BBC. I'm like this bang average lad from Pinner. Um, I'm never going to get a job there. And weirdly, everything started going well for me here when I just embraced that you don't need to be um, another Chris Evans. You don't need to be another Scott Mills. You don't need to be another Chris Moyles. You don't need to be another Bruce Forsyth. You just need to be yourself and work out what your lane is 
and then work that out to the best level. And I, I see a lot of radio presenters. And it's not just presenters. I think this happens in any job, but I see a lot of radio presenters who are kind of basically imitating other radio presenters or feeling that you need to be a certain way and and you don't the the truth is you need to just work out what your thing is and, and maximize it uh, the the best example i've had of that was the mila kunis interview i did so i got sent to a junket um to interview mila kunis and i i did this chat with mila kunis and i didn't really ask her much about the film i'd never done it before but when i came away from that I genuinely thought I was going to get fired from Radio 1. And that ended up being the biggest thing for me. It ended up putting a huge spotlight on kind of what what is this guy doing at Radio 1 and like what it was intriguing and all good stuff happened from there. So what have I learned? I mean, obviously I've learned um I've learned a lot in radio. You know, Radio 1 is the best radio station in the world. It is it, it, I've learned so much from the amazing team that are there. But I would honestly say the biggest thing I've learned in the time span between Radio Northwick Park and Radio 1 is more about myself and trying to accept myself and promote myself. Yeah, I think this has been weirdly therapeutic for me because, you know, I do miss, I do miss the station. I do miss the support I got from there. And I do miss all, all the people. And, and I do genuinely think if it wasn't for Radio Harrow, I would not have allowed myself the opportunities to, to try and progress in radio and it, so on a personal level it served, it served me amazingly you know I've got if you want to get really deep about it you know I've uh, I, I feel very lucky in my life I've got an amazing family I've got an amazing wife and um, uh, you know all of these things come together in one kind of weird way um, but without sounding like 10 beers deep and 3 o'clock in the morning, it really did start with a passion for radio at, at Radio Harrow. And and weirdly enough, like I've got so much from it. But I'm, I'm also very aware of how that station served Northwick Park Hospital and, and what a smile it put in a lot of people's faces. Not just the people that worked there and, um, and volunteered there, but, but also listeners and uh, the local community and... Ultimately, I think it it needs to be encouraged to grow as well. I think radio is very, very precious as long as we can keep having local output and we can... Because it's dying out as well. And, and I do think there's less and less opportunities for radio as it was. Um, I mean, but also Radio, so, one, yeah. radio 1 has been a great supporter of new talent as well. Not just in music, but new talent on the air. Because I mean, at Christmas this year... There was a, a a kind of an open talent. Yeah, there was thing of uh, if you are in hospital, community, local, student, any sort of radio, send in a tape and we'll put you on over Christmas and New Year. And it was like actually on paper that sounds like a terrible idea, but <laughs> this is going to be terrible. This is going to be terrible. But with the com- combination of the pre mixes of the anthems and then the actual presenter giving free range to talk. It worked brilliantly. Yeah, there, totally. there were some standout voices in there. I, I thought, you know, I just, what a gig that is that mm. you can be on Radio 1, you know, apply to be on Radio 1, get the full Radio 1 production on it, yeah. and have your moment. And I, I heard a lot of the, the guys and girls that were, um, that were broadcasting during that time. 
and they were brilliant. Mm. It was a, it was a really good stand in. It really shone a light on how many people are passionate about radio and would give anything to be on Radio One. Yeah. And I think it was actually a decent reminder for all of us working there. You know, there's a lot of people who want to be do. on Radio One. Yeah. A lot of people who could be. You know, yeah. a lot of lot of people sounding great. It goes back to what I was saying. I just. You know, I hope someone is listening to this and something sparks inside them a little bit because I do think I was 18, 19 and hearing this sort of advice and it, but then always thinking, oh, this is what, what everyone must say. It's, yeah. you know, it's cliches. But I really do hope that someone is listening to this and, and you know, applies for Radio Harrow or, or thinks, actually, I'm going to give that a go. It's, it was an amazing experience to be part of. It's a great community to be part of. It's only good things, really. You're doing something amazing for radio, for the community, but also you're doing something amazing for yourself. And you, you people shouldn't be shy about wanting to join Radio Harrow for their own reasons. Um, that's that's part of what it's all about. It, it. I really hope there is someone that this kind of resonates with a little bit, and they go and, and join. I, I mean, we enjoy it, don't we? Yeah. Ben, you still I, enjoy it? I mean, I mean, so we're doing this in Broadcasting House, and Chris has given me a little tour of Radio 1. <laughs> I'll, I'll admit this, a little bit of giddiness, of like over-the-top giddiness, almost a little bit of emotion. Of like, oh my God, I'm in Radio 1. Yeah, and, and that's how I feel often. And it's, it's actually weird talking to you because... You know, you do a I lot of that, chats I get with that people. <laughs> no, it's not. I, sorry, that sounded offensive. It's but cool. I really like it because you do a lot of chats and it's a lot of, you know, how do you get into into Radio 1? And, um, you know, what's the who's the biggest person you've interviewed recently or what's the standout moment? And it's great. We can talk about all of that. But what's so nice about seeing you is it's a real reminder of... Um, of you know how lucky I feel to be at Radio One, and yeah, how hard I've I've worked as well. You know, I, I have worked hard, but also just what what an amazing. If you could have told me when I was in the studio at, at Northwood Park and or Radio Harrow, if you could have told me then that this that we'd be in this situation right now talking yeah. about all of this. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have believed I it. I wouldn't yeah. have seen how it was possible, and and so it's been such a lovely reminder. And I would love to come back. It, it, I don't know where, maybe at Christmas, maybe when maybe all Christmas. the other presenters are taking my jobs here. I'd love to do that. I'd love to I'd love to do a show there or, or maybe there was a way to record a sort of, I don't know, a monthly show or do something like that that, <laughs> that we can just kind of play out. I'd love to still be part of it. I don't know if I'm allowed. That's a really good point. Oh. I wonder if I'm allowed. I'd hope so. Maybe we just do it on the sly. Do it on the sly. Yeah. Maybe different name. <laughs> I love how many people change their names for proper radio names. Is your name real? Yes. David Reese's name isn't real, by the way. <laughs> it's it a not? radio name. What's his, no. what's his real name? Uh, Engelbert. Reese. Uh, it's actually, yeah, it's Engelbert, Engelbert Reese. Yeah. 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 He chose David Reese just because it was snappier for jingles. Yeah. I see what you mean. I see that. Yeah. <laughs> Works out, yeah. Chris Stark, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much to Chris for this episode. You can hear Chris on Radio 1 on weekday afternoons on The Scott Mill Show. You can hear him on Five Live on Saturday mornings and on that Peter Crouch podcast. Let us know what you thought of this episode. I'd love to hear from you. I'm at Ben Punter on Twitter and on Instagram. And our Facebook page is What Have We Learned? Thank you very much for listening and I'll see you next time. (laughs) 